happy Friday and welcome to Up and Coming, a podcast which is dedicated to discovering exciting up-and-coming artists from around the world, hosted by me, Evie, and by Sean. Each week, we'll chat to a different artist about their life, music, and inspirations, whilst leaving plenty of time to share some of their best tracks with you. On the show today, we'll be speaking to alt-pop duo Demons of Ruby May. We began the show by asking why they decided to break away from a previous band and form a duo. I was in a previous band before, before the one where I met Johnny, and I think there were bands that we kind of grew musically with, but they were never really the kind of music or genre that we wanted to really focus on. So it kind of all all happens, you know, we were we were coming down with some of our own ideas. I mean, Johnny would sit, sit together after practice and, and write some tunes and they weren't really not so interested. They just weren't the, the kind of songs that we would be playing with this five piece indie band. So we started writing the songs ourselves and recording and then started doing a few little gigs on our own, some open mics and, and started getting a bit of a different reaction and a different feel to the audience. And then from then we just decided, you know, that, that this is the avenue that we wanted to go down and, and yeah, and, and since then we've we've never looked back. So you guys obviously now play under the name Demons of Ruby May. That's a pretty unique name for a band. Where did that idea come from? Well, we've come up with, with all sorts of elusive kind of answers to this question because you're right, we, it, it, it is an interesting name and it, it does evoke kind of thoughts or imagery or ideas about what it could be. But essentially it was the both of us sat in a car quite, Far gone in at a festival, somebody walked past with Ruby May on on the back of their jacket, and we kind of liked it. Adam is a is a fan of the Fleece Brothers, and we, it was also one of his favourite songs. So we we liked the kind of Ruby May aspect of that, and we we just put Demons of Ruby May in front of it, and that that was the the name born. That's a pretty good creative way of creating a name for a band. I like it. Yeah, and then we had to come up with every interview we've had since. We've had to come up with different, <laughs> more, more exciting ways of, of why we, why we built the, the name. But yeah, I, I think I think it came from that. But it actually had a lot more meaning meaning now as it as we've gone forward with it. Adam started making up making up stories basically as part of interviews, which which I was quite amazed how how he could think on the spot of some of these some of these creative answers that he came up with. <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're lucky. You've got away with it today. <laughs> <laughs> We're privileged to actually know what it is. That's great. World exclusive. Yeah. So we actually noticed that you guys have created quite a few playlists on Spotify full of different artists that you love. I was wondering which of those artists, if any of them, influenced you guys the most while you were growing up? I think growing up, I mean, for me, this, this might sound a little bit a bit strange and a bit boring, but I've grown up playing the piano, and I can remember the first one of the first ever gigs I went to was Jules Holland. So I don't I don't think he actually inspires me in the music that I write or anything like that. But actually watching the performance of a big band on stage and how they can get the the crowd going and the reactions of the crowd, I think that was something that was really I was like, wow, I really want to be on stage as well. But I think more so now, my music taste is a little bit different to that. You know, we we, we like, we both love The National. And then obviously the XX and, and Nick Cave. And, and we try and put some of that inspiration from their music into ours. But I, I think between the two of us, John, Johnny will tell you in a minute what, what his influences are. We have we do have a lot of 
similar interests, but I think we also have quite different interests in music, which actually helps us kind of build in the songs and the, and the lyrics that we write. So that that's more so what I, I'm into. I'm sure Johnny will tell you now what, what his influences were. No, I, th- I think a similar response to to yourself, really. When I mean, the music I grew up listen, listening to was Michael Jackson, Terry Wogan and the Floral Dance, lots of different cassette tapes, but certainly on those playlists that you referred to on Spotify, I mean, none of those, uh, I don't think Adam would let me anyway, but none of those songs make reference. And certainly, I guess subconsciously, you, you take kind of influence from from the music you grew up listening to, but being in a band with Adam, he's probably given me a better taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more mellow, more depressing taste in music. <laughs> I think it's evolved, definitely. Like music, your music, your, that's, that's the beauty of Spotify, isn't it? You, the algorithms and and how it can influence and shape the, the music that you're listening to and how you can discover music. Like there's, there's so there's so many different playlists on my Spotify that I don't necessarily have on the band's Spotify of kind of music that I'm listening to and trying to kind of like just discover new music and expand my music repertoire as it were. I think that you know they the, they do the playlist of the top top songs for the year. I'm always surprised every year what some of the songs are on there that are at the top, and you think, did I really listen to that song that much? <laughs> and, and it must obviously have, have a meaning for you to keep going back to it. I know Spotify likes to put songs in your head that they want you to listen to as well. But yeah, it's quite a eclectic taste, really, I think, between us. I'm glad you've mentioned that because I always go back and wonder when I get that yearly thing, whether Spotify's just made it up. Because some of my top five, I think, I can't even remember listening to it. I know. It's crazy. I've got Harry Styles in mind. So I must listen to him. God knows. We've we've got our own songs in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had to play one of your tracks to someone to introduce them to your music, which track would you choose and why? My answer for that is This Is The End of our debut album. I think because it's the song that's mixed the best on the album. So excuse me for showing my hand Forever we pray for the words that you'd say in a hurry Why does it happen to all of those people that I adore? Crazy mistakes by those cold-hearted chicks that I can't ignore So represents, from my point of view, the music that we both are aligned to and want to write that represents our band in the best way possible. So we've got kind of songs that, you know, we record and we'll do it in the studio and write in the studio. So To Be Adored, for example, and it's been our one of our most successful songs, but it's probably the song that we least enjoy playing or that least represents us as a band musically. So for me, this is the end. Is is kind of right on the money in terms of like dynamic and feel and everything that that we are about as a band. Yeah, I think for me, the boy who cried wolf is probably still the one that um, 
I think if I think this is the end would probably be my second second choice there. But yeah, the boy cried wolf, just more so. You know, it's one of the first songs we wrote together. It's still a song that people enjoy listening to, and when we play live, it still gets the best reaction. trails in in the band that we aspire to be Hmm. yeah it's interesting you mentioned the boy who cried wolf because you released that back in 2015 that was the title as well of your debut ep and i was wondering when you listen back to these tracks when you play them again do you feel like the music that you're releasing now is different that your sound has changed i just think back to your first question around like how this band was born and I guess, like Adam said, when we were going down to practice, this this was one of the first songs that we wrote in that practice and we played it to the band at that time and they kind of, you know, weren't feeling it and didn't feel that it suited the band that we were in. And uh, I don't know. I think our sound is, and not to be kind of like gimmicky or make this sound like a cliche, but it, it does feel timeless, some of our songs. And I think that's certainly a song that, that never kind of loses loses the the place in, in which we are now musically. Like it just always kind of feels relevant. Whatever gig we're playing, like we've re-released it as well. I mean, we re-released it like four or five years later, and it, it kind of still it still worked like on radio, and it was still relevant five years later. So I don't know. No, I definitely agree because you've got your playlist where it's all the songs that you've released. And if I ever listen to it on shuffle, it feels like they do all fit in together and flow together. But it's just interesting to ask because we've spoken to a few other bands where they've actually taken off their old music from Spotify because they feel like their sound has changed so much. But I would agree with you that they feel, they still feel new. They still feel like the demons of Ruby May. I can understand why bands would do that. I think that the, one of the main differences for us, looking back at the music that we first released, is one, I think we're better musicians now from when we released the first EP. We we tend to have a lot more electronic influence and elements in there. And I think that's more so, you know, because in the last five years, we've learned how to record ourselves and, and add further. You know, we've both got home setups now, which we never had back when we first did the first EP. We had a guitar, we had a piano. 
and we had some some mics so we we worked with what we had at the time whether if we had all of this experience when we first started and and we wrote the boy pride wolf whether it would have been a little bit more electronic i, I don't really know but i think now with, with the music that we're writing now i would say it's going more so back to to that first ep than it is for the first album i'd say especially that the song since the first album so you know this is your time live for today i think they're quite a way away from that first ep whereas i think the songs that you'll hear from us this year will probably be going back to those original songs and what made them so we've spoken quite a lot now about your older music obviously 2020 for you guys was actually quite a busy year what do you think have been some of your biggest achievements in 2020? Not falling out with each other. <laughs> Not seeing you, mate. I know, yeah, that, that's true. I think our biggest achievement is the number of releases that we've put out in in a lockdown and obviously the challenges that come with that in terms of studio space being kind of closed that we would use the access. So Adam kind of alluded to earlier about having our own setups but we've also had to kind of build like vocal booths and you know buy some other equipment and we've not been able to kind of rehearse and record together so we've had to send stuff across to each other and then you know because we've not been able to get into a studio we've had to send the electronic drum programming tracks to a drummer in in the Netherlands and and you know we've we've come across obstacles, but we've still managed to release five or six singles this year. So I think that is our is our biggest achievement, and we're quite proud of that because you know there's nothing really else that we can do as musicians at the moment because we can't play gigs and you know do kind of anything else. So that seems to have been our natural default, really. Yeah, we could have waited. We could have sat on these songs and just waited for a time where we could play live again. But I think it's important, one, firstly, to to get your name and keep your name out there. And secondly, we're hoping that the, the people that like us want to keep hearing that music. You know, we think it's some of the best music we've we've written as well last year. And like Johnny says, we've just had to come up with different ways of releasing it and doing things different. And I think a lot of people, not just the music industry, they've had to think outside the box to be able to move forward and hopefully when this this all ends if it ever does i think people will look back at what people have achieved and you know there's i think there's going to be a lot of positives about this lockdown and this pandemic and how people have changed the way that some industries work we much prefer working together and, and writing songs together in a practice room and and bouncing off each other's ideas but we've also now learned like johnny said to Johnny will write, start writing a song, you'll send it over to me, I'll add some little bits to it and we're making sure that we can keep working separately as well and we've, we've came up with very similar results from that as well. So you mentioned there that obviously you released a lot of new music this year and that you're, you think it's some of the best stuff you've ever created. So I'm just interested why you both then chose older songs as the song you'd want people to listen to first if they were to be introduced to you over some of the newer stuff. That's a very good question, isn't it? <laughs> I think when you look at the music that we've we've written over the last year, I think you can kind of split it into two. If you look at the likes of Come Home, Questions, This Is Your Time as well, I would say they're more like some of the older songs and they're, they're the songs that we prefer to to write. But I think lyrically, the music that we're writing at the moment is, is similar to, to those of the, of the original songs. 
you know, Tomorrow is another song that I think could have been previous to the first album. I think that's that's a song that that is very similar to like the Boy Crowd Wolf and the way that works. And then you look at the likes of Hero, where we went a little bit out of our comfort zone with that and we tried to make a song, I don't know, probably say more commercial and more radio friendly. But would I say it's a song that we would like to keep recording and writing? Probably not. So, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're kind of mixing both in together. And then of all the songs that you did release last year, which are you the most proud of? I think Come Home for me. Just more because of the way we had to record it. So Johnny said we had we had to get a guy who's actually from Copenhagen. So he had to record the drums. So we recorded the drums ourselves here, sent it across to him. He, he recorded it, sent it over. Johnny found uh, a girl called Sophia from Birmingham who did the vocals on there. We used like different elements and different musicians and we kind of built that all up ourselves. We had a trumpet player, saxophone player on it. Tell me now, cause I've not seen light before. And I won't go outside until you remind me my life is pure. To, to achieve with that I would say I would say come home is mine I don't know if Johnny will agree or disagree yeah it's a great song <laughs> humble <laughs> <laughs> yeah come home I mean come home or, or questions I just 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 for how they sound really mm. which of the tracks are you the most excited to perform live when that is possible again Oh, that's a good question as well. I mean, my favourite is, is playing live is, is tomorrow.
playing that. I've only managed to play it a few times live because, you know, since we released it and the amount of times we've played live, it's not been that many times. But I just feel the energy around that song when we play it live. You know, we've got additional musicians on stage as well that just bring to that full band feel. That's the one I enjoy. The one that I'm looking forward to playing live the most that we haven't done before. I'd probably say Come Home or This Is Your Time. I think for me, because we often get in the studio or, re- or I mean, with all of these songs this year, we've recorded, released. What you hear on the record, we haven't practised with a band. So we haven't gone and so Come Home, for example, we, we don't know what that feels like. So... I'm excited to try all of the songs out that we've released because we haven't played any of them with a band. And I guess until you go out and play them live, you don't you don't really know what, what that's going to feel like at all. So, I mean, there's lots of instrumentation on Come Home. So, I mean, I'm sure that would that that's going to feel amazing playing that live with, with a you know, horn section and, and a female vocalist and, you know, all the, all the kind of elements that are on the track. And it does it does feel different when you get out and play it like in a in a venue compared to just the two of us piecing it together in a studio. Yeah, you get a different vibe as well when you play live and you actually you know, you, you respond from the crowd. Some of these songs that we think are gonna work really well live that they might not do. And one thing we, we try and do is is make the live experience different to what you listen to on Spotify because people are paying to pay for a ticket to come and watch us. The songs are going to be the, be the same in 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 that way that you hear them, but we add the additional bigger band to it and make it a little bit different, so it's a unique experience for, for the crowd for that gig. And we try and change it up every time. But like, like Johnny said, we've not played any of these songs really live, and that's when you get a real feel for for whether you've written a good song or not. Mm. Do you find that there is a particular song of yours that fans and audience connect with most when you play it live? The Boy Cried Wolf. The Boy Cried yeah. Wolf. That's why we've not taken it down off Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems, tends to be the one people enjoy the most. And, and Volcanic Mouth as well. I don't know. They're just, yeah, like Johnny says, I don't know if it's timeless is the right word, but they, they tend to, even people that, that have never heard them before, it always tends to be the songs that they're like, yeah, that, that's the one. that Yeah, I really like that one. I'm uh, glad you actually mentioned Volcanic Mouth there because we saw you both perform in a basement venue in Hackney a few years ago which was amazing because it was really intimate and that is one of the songs that really stood out to me what have you guys missed the most about performing live oh everything the driving down the laugh not the setting up actually and the packing down that's I definitely don't enjoy that (laughs) everything about it just being able to like, like I said earlier the you don't get a sense of the songs that you've written until you play them in front of a crowd and whether there's 10 people, 100 people, 1,000 people, you know, as long as you can connect with people in the crowd, I just, I just think playing live, you, you'll never replicate that in any way. You know, I, know I, I appreciate people have been doing the live sessions and, and things like that, but going to a venue, a hot, sticky, sweaty venue, people drunk in the crowd and, and, and playing songs and people shouting their heads off and singing their heads off. It's exactly why you, you're in a band to, to be in that situation. So, yeah, everything about it, just not the packing up as I saying that. Do you guys have any stand-up gigs that you've performed? I thought you said stand-up. I mean, Adam's... <laughs> <laughs> Comedy career. 
name like us. <laughs> That's album three. <laughs> I think we both would probably agree on this. The the month all gigs in the gardens headlining BBC introducing festival last year or year before was pretty special. A massive stage at the month all was was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Sound was was incredible as well. Just the, the whole day, it was a red hot day, and the sun was going down, and we were live on on the radio as well. And yeah, just one of them gigs where everything went, everything came together. Yeah, it was it was a special evening. So, am I correct in thinking that you both live in Manchester? Yes, you are correct. What is that like living in Manchester as a musician? And what are your favourite performance venues in Manchester? Not as good as living in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester, it's wet always. Always wet. Never, never not wet. It's pretty similar to Wales. Yeah, I spend most of my, my money on umbrellas, and raincoats. But one of the main reasons we moved to Manchester was no disrespect to Leicester. I think Leicester has still got a great music scene, and it continues to have a great music scene. But we moved to Manchester. I mean, I, I was at Unit Manchester, and then came back to Leicester for a couple of years, but. The music scene in Manchester is, is, you know, there's not many cities that can beat it. In terms of venues, there's, there's just this load and loads. And I, I really pray to God that they continue to stay open after the pandemic. You know, like Deaf Institute, they, they were struggling. I know, I think someone's bought them now. That is an unbelievable venue. Gorilla is, is an amazing big venue. Night and Day Cafe, you know, the Castle in Northern Quarter. You can get 50 people in there, but it's just incredible. I mean, Band on the Wall is another. You now, I can't really say there's one venue that, that stands out. We're aiming to play at the Deaf Institute in May, but I'm not too sure whether that's going to be going ahead or not. We had Band on the Wall that got cancelled as well because of the pandemic. So, yeah, there's so many different venues of different sizes in Manchester and they all hold like, their own uniqueness about them. Have you looked into making any of these gigs COVID-friendly, as it were, or is it just uh, it either happens or it doesn't? I guess the type of band that we are, we can we can strip it back and Adam play piano and, and me just sing. So we have thought about playing kind of strip-back gigs, which would which can can like work in our favour, I guess. But I guess playing a full full on gig with having having social distancing in place just doesn't have the same appeal to it does it really but no we've not we've not we've kind of postponed a few times like most bands have just because of restrictions so we've got gig in may but it it may be that we have to put look at putting that back again but certainly we could we could we've considered doing like a sit down gig where it is socially distanced but like i say with just the two of us and doing a strip back kind of set of our songs which we like we like performing in that way as well to be fair yeah i think we just prefer to to wait until we can do it properly kind of our first ever official gig was a, was a sit down gig at a theater so we can play that way but i just think you know i think when people come and watch us they want to watch us as a full band with, with session musicians and if we can't do that if we can't give them the full experience that they want i'm not sure I would want to do it with COVID restrictions. But you never know if that's going to be the normal for the next however long, then then we might not have a choice on the matter. 
I saw that Jack Rafferty from BBC Radio Latter challenged you both to take on a James Bond 007 song. And I was wondering why did you decide to cover the track We Have All the Time in the World for this challenge? Yeah, Jack's a Jack's a good good friend of ours now. He's he's been a, a big supporter of us and really grateful for that. And yeah, they had a task to get some BBC introducing artists to pick some James Bond tunes and I've never really been into James Bond. I've never really got the appeal of it. So I don't know if Johnny's a secret James Bond fan. It's just never appealed to me, James Bond. Yeah, but obviously one of the songs we have all the time in the world, everything about that song, the lyrics, the way he sang Louis Armstrong, there's just just everything about the the song. It's one of the perfect pieces of music. We have all the time in Time enough for life to unfold All the precious things love has in store We have all the love in the world If that's all we have You will find we need nothing To be honest, I didn't even realise to begin with that it was actually a James Bond song. So when I, when I realised it was was one of the, the theme tunes or whatever they call it, I was like, Jack, I know you've got to pretend that we've, you've picked it out of a hat, but <laughs> we're doing this one. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, did I hear you say uh, that you are or are not a James Bond fan? Yeah, I like a bit of James Bond. Then I will ask this question to both of you, but maybe it's more relevant for you. Of all the James Bond theme songs that have been, which one is your favourite, do you think, and why? Probably Skyfall, Adele, just because I love Adele. She's one of my favourite singers. I don't, I don't care if that's not rock and roll to say that. I actually went to Manchester Arena on a Monday night, got on a ticket to watch Adele, sat in a seat next to a, another guy who'd finished work, sat on his own, who had come to watch Adele also. And I was like, this is isn't it? This is uh, yeah. I just I just had to laugh that I was sat at an Adele concert on my own with another another guy that had also bought a ticket on his own. I love the fact that you probably both left your girlfriends at home as well. <laughs> That's brilliant. What about favourite film? I realise this is completely off topic, but have you got a favourite film? I like GoldenEye, but I think that's more because I used to play it on the Nintendo 64. That was a great game. It was, yeah. I thought it's the only one I could remember, really. To <laughs> Golden Gun. Is that the same one? No, that's a different one, isn't it? Mine with the Golden Gun. That is a different one, yeah. That's an older one. Another good one, though. I'll admit I'm a big fan. Are you? 
What about you, Johnny? Favorite film? Casino Royale. Great. Uh, yeah, I think that's mine. I think that is a quality film. It's good. Who's going to be the ne- Who's going to be the next James Bond then? Well, this is what we all want to know. I wish I knew. I was kind of rooting for Idris Elba. After watching Luther, I thought let's have a slightly rogue Bond, but it's not. It's not meant to be apparently. So we'll see. <laughs> who's done the song this year? Is it Billie Eilish? That's it. Yeah, she's she's great. She is great. I'm looking at. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy a Nintendo 64. <laughs> no more songs this year <laughs> now going back to music you've obviously mentioned new music and potential gigs coming up depending on the pandemic but in terms of new releases what can people expect from Demons of Ruby May in 2021 I know we released a lot of songs last year but we've also got a nice little backlog of songs that we've continued to write and record so we're hoping to get the next single out early this year. They said you're far too self-involved now. They said you wouldn't change. You dug yourself into a hole where you just went to hide away. No, you're not the person you tried to create. They won't buy it, don't deny it, because they know you're just a fake. Because I get by with my friends, we all strategy for the year and and whether we're going to wait to see if we can play the shows in May but I think we're looking at releasing three or four songs this year and and potentially looking at releasing an album towards the end of the year but yeah we've we've got all the songs ready we just need to to head into the studio when we can do and just just finish some of them off but that's the plan I expect probably three or four songs from us this year and then hopefully we'll be able to to get the album out this year as well. Did you write all these songs during the lockdown period? I think the majority of them were were written through through last year. I'm trying to think now what <laughs> what songs what songs we've got written. Yeah, I think I think half of them, well, the majority of them have been written through, through the lockdown, and then we've also had some some older recordings that we've we've had the chance to go back to and and kind of rework them as well. So some of them will be kind of reworked, and obviously not songs that you would have heard before, but songs that we've had in in the locker for kind of since the start really but we've you know now we've got the home studio and a bit more time we've been able to to kind of go back and and pick some elements out of those songs knowing that this is going to come out in around april time is there anything you can tell us about any of the singles 
Well, I mean, that first single, we, we can't believe that one that we released in March went to number one uh, <laughs> in the charts. Uh, and, <laughs> And yeah, I can't believe they put Glastonbury back on for us to headline in June. So <laughs> it's been a really interesting three months of the year so far. I love the optimism. <laughs> That'll come back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one, the one that we we, we believe we're going to release first, obviously this could be subject to change, but it's, it's not beat June. Uh, nice and short to, to kind of get people back in the mood and, and get ready for the for the spring and the summer and hopefully happier times we'd love to release a, a song every month you know we've got songs that we've that we've recorded and they're ready to go and the most frustrating thing of being an artist I think is having to wait <laughs> to yeah. release that song you know it's new for people that it's just been released to but you know we've had it ready waiting for months and it you know you're just dying to get it out so people can hear it also with the songs that you're hoping to be putting onto the album are they songs that you've created sort of all at the same time in with the idea of putting them on the album or are they the sort of singles you've created and then you decide to bring them together for the album I think we've we've kind of taken steer from maybe one or two tracks so coming of age, is, I guess, is, and it was the same with our debut album, Beneath the Service was the reference track for the sound of that album. And the sound of this album, I would say the reference track is Coming of Age. Yeah, that's 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 one of the songs that's, that's not been released yet. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that will be a song that you'll, you'll hear that kind of, I think, like Johnny said, the album's built around that song. Well, excited to hear it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So with all this stuff coming out, where can our listeners connect with you guys online? So we're on we're on all the all the platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. So I mean all all our music is is shared across those social platforms. We're not on TikTok yet. We don't think we will. I think I think we I think we're getting too old for that. Yeah, too much dancing. <laughs> Um, yeah, I downloaded it and then deleted it in about 10 minutes later. <laughs> Did you try any of the dances? <laughs> no, I just got scared, to be honest. When I looked looked in it, it just seemed like a world that I didn't want to be, be part of. <laughs> you lasted longer than me. I think I downloaded it and deleted it within two minutes for the same reason. I got scared. I did. I just, I just, I wish I never downloaded it. I feel like it's going to be a mark on my Apple App Store now that, that I downloaded it. Yeah, luckily Johnny didn't download it because I think he'd still be on it, dancing away. <laughs> so for a final question, this is one that I'm going to ask you both separately. So first I'll come to you, Adam, and then to you, Johnny. So if you could bring back any band or artist, past or present, for one final album, who would it be? Oh, thanks for picking me first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. Well, it's, I'd say it's got to be, got to be Bowie, or, or I know not, not everyone's dead in the Beatles yet, but, but I'm I'm a, I'm a massive, massive Beatles fan. Um, so if we could get the band back together with them, that'd be great. But I think Bowie, in terms of just, just the way he was and, and everything about him, the way he changed not only his genre but his personality, his image, everything about him. Is incredible. I, I quite just going back to Harry Styles. Actually, I think he's. I'm not going to say that they're, they're the same, 
but they're very similar in the way that he, every time I see him on Twitter or on articles, he always has a different persona mm. and, and like different way that he dresses and stuff. And I just find it quite interesting when artists do that and they don't, they don't stick within their comfort zone. And that's why I love Bowie. And that's why I love the Beatles as well. They did exactly the same. Some great names there. I think you'd get a lot of support from a lot of people. What about you, Johnny? Uh, Led Zeppelin. I know obviously some of them are still alive, but obviously Bonzo and Freddie Mercury of Queen. I would like to see if they, if they had the opportunity to make another album. Again, those are some strong, strong answers. There's too many to pick, isn't there? That's the problem. There, there is, isn't there? Yeah, way too many. Well, thank you both so much for speaking to us on the Up and Coming podcast today. Johnny and Adam, really can't wait to see what 2021 has got to offer for Deems of Ruby May. And hopefully people can see you again live soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks both. Thank you for listening to the Up and Coming podcast. We hope you loved today's episode as much as we did. Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. We'll be back next week chatting with the alt-rock duo Gardner Leonard. But if you can't wait until then for your up-and-coming fix, or if you want more information on today's artist and loads of other amazing artists, visit the Up and Coming blog page. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter for more exclusive content. You'll find links to each one in the description. In the meantime, have a great week.